0: Om. Om Sahana Vavatu Sahano Punaktu Saha Viryam Tejasvinavati Tamasma Vid Om Shanti Shanti
1: Welcome everyone to today's class. We're doing a, a good Gita, chapter three
0: Yoga of Action. This is topic five Impediments to Right Action. Verse
1: 36
0: to 37, what is this impediment to right action? Impediment to right
1: action, what does that mean? Impediment, what does that mean, impediment? What stops you from doing
0: right? What stops you from doing what you want to do? This is the topic impediments to right action. So, quick recap. Last week we covered verse 34, which said, Do not become a victim of your likes and dislikes. We conduct our life based on our likes and dislikes. We also said, likes and dislikes are not in the sense objects that we contact, but in us. Likes and dislikes, attachment, aversion, is in our minds, created by us. One person's mind likes it, another
1: person's mind doesn't like it. What will happen if you have strong likes and dislikes? What happens if you have strong likes and dislikes? Mm -hmm. What happens? Strong likes and dislikes. You'll always be miserable. You'll always be miserable, Siddhal said. You'll go through bouts of misery and happiness.
0: continue to go through mental agitations. When you like something, you're happy. When, you're, when you dislike something, you're agitated, stressed, unhappy. So therefore, acting on likes and dislikes brings misery in our life. See, when we, underst- when we study this subject, um, it allows us to understand life. It un- allows us to understand people. People's personality,
1: personality of all beings, animals, etc. When you have that understanding,
0: then you go through life dealing with situations based on your understanding. You see a selfish person, you know they're selfish. You deal with them accordingly. In animal kingdom we know if you see a lion you're not going to approach it you see a sheep lamb you'll approach it because you understand we don't seem to understand when it comes to humans so this knowledge helps us to understand how this world functions then you can act accordingly and when you do less there's less agitations
1: The problem is we don't assess and we expect everyone to be like us
0: that's where we go wrong our expectations so what should we do you need to assess the situation let the intellect decide the course of action not the mind think what is this person like how should i deal with them If you do not do this, the scriptures warns you that likes and dislikes will eventually destroy you. They are your enemy.
1: Strong likes and dislikes will destroy you. Any questions? That was verse 34. Everyone understand likes and dislikes? Verse
0: 35. Better to function according to your own swadharma, your own nature, even devoid of merit, success, than choose a paradharmic activity, which is against your nature. So dharma means your own nature. Paradharma means alien to your nature. Remember we gave the example last week. This verse is saying, your nature is to cut hair, then cut hair. It's not to be a doctor. Nothing wrong with that. Cutting hair is your sadharma, your nature, your vastnas. You should choose this as your vocation, your job, your talent.
1: Even if you don't make as much money. Because you will not only be good at it, you will
0: enjoy it. It make you happy. It is your vastness. When you choose an activity based on your nature, you're reducing your vastness. Alien nature, you're not. So you see the importance of it. Acting based on your nature, you're reducing your vastness. So if you do that, you act based
1: on your sadharma, your nature, it helps your spiritual development
0: because you're reducing your vasanas. Lord Krishna says in this verse, it is better to die acting on one Svadharma than perform paradharmic activities, because paradharma activity is full of fear. Better to do,
1: better not to do what's against your nature. Your businessman do business, Any questions? That's what we covered last week. Nilam, makes sense? Great. So, today's class. Last week, we finished topic four. Today, we begin
0: topic five. Topic four was technique of action. Krishna explained from verse 25 to 35. The formula for right action. What is the correct way to perform action? And if you perform action in this way, prescribed, the result would be peace and happiness, contentment. Also, you would develop spiritually. Can anyone tell me what does develop spiritually mean? What it means to you. It doesn't have to be uh, what the textbook says. What does develop spiritually mean? Might be different for different people.
1: Vanita, what does
0: develop spiritually mean for you?
2: I think for me it means um, being more accepting about life, being happier um, Mm -hmm. and at peace. Okay. And then I have a, a journey that I'm going through, so stages where I'm sort of learning and always learning to better myself i suppose
0: okay good that's that's fair enough nothing wrong with that anybody else what does develop spiritually mean what does it mean to you ramish what does it mean to you to develop spiritually
3: having having a new goal in life and understanding that root okay putting a new way of understanding life. So putting God first as my mm-hmm. new, thing, looking for God first.
0: Okay. Fine. That's fine. Anybody else? What does developing people who don't have the video on can also answer, by the way.
4: <laughs> I'll say I'm being in tune um, with yourself and with what's around you. Um, so for me, mm-hmm. spiritual is to understand myself and be in tune with what's happening around me and be aware
0: of what's happening around me. Okay, fair enough. So, in this context, the proper context of uh, developing spiritually, you're right from your perspective, but the bottom line is developing spiritually means reducing your vastness. Anything that enables you to reduce your vastness helps
1: to, for you to develop spiritually. Because it unveils the self within. Reducing vastnas means becoming closer to the self within you.
0: It's The vasanas is what the barrier is between you and your personality, your true self. So any Action that helps you to reduce your vasanas helps you develop spiritually. We'll cover more of that a bit later. Does that make sense, Dipa? Your desires, your vasanas, anything that helps you reduce that is, helps you develop spiritually.
1: So what stops us from doing this?
0: Okay, you want to reduce your vastness. What stops us from doing this? We know what is right, we know what is wrong. What makes us go on the wrong path?
1: Yeah,
5: Nila? Sometimes the strength of the vastness is so strong and our intellect isn't sufficiently developed to guide us on the right path so our mind kind of takes over and we yeah we act based on that rather than the intellect
0: okay very good so i'm not going to answer this because this is exactly what arjuna asks krishna in the next verse verse 36 what takes us away from the right path then in the following three verses krishna explains to arjuna why we are not able to keep to the right path. Then in the last four verses of this chapter, verse 40 to 43, Lord Krishna explains how to o- overcome this impediment, this barrier. So the next three verses, Lord Krishna tells us why we're not able to follow the right path. Then in the last four verses it tells us, Lord Krishna tells us how to overcome that. Is that correct? Is that okay, everyone? great so we'll start verse 36 atha arjuna uvacha atha kenaprayukta yam papam charati purushah anitchanapi vashneya baladivani yojitah Arjuna uvacha Atake na yam papam charati purusha ha anicca na pivarshneya baladivani yojitaha Arjuna said, but by what impelled does man commit sin? Though against his wish, O Varshneya, constrained as it were by force. Krishna has now given the technique of right action. And Arjuna responds by asking Krishna, what force is it that causes a person not to perform the right action? What makes a person do something against his own wishes? Something he knows is wrong. This is Arjuna's question to Krishna.
1: Any examples? What makes you do things against your conscience? We all have this issue, by the way.
0: All of us. Vanita? Mm
2: Things, well, it's all the attachments you have to people and things which go against your sadharma or your nature because you are tied to or bounded by these people or these things and then maybe you go against what you would, you do it because you're, I don't know, emotional. emotionally you're tied to it or?
0: So you're saying attachment basically?
2: Yeah, I think so.
0: Okay. So when it does attachment what else what stops you from doing what is right what makes you do wrong
1: Termish?
3: the mind
0: the mind okay uh Kevel? i think uh, lack of knowledge as well lack of knowledge you have the knowledge you know to exercise is right thing for your body Everyone knows this. So what stops you from exercising?
6: Okay, so that's a specific example, but there are certain yeah. instances where you wouldn't know what's right, right, until you actually go and understand and build that knowledge.
0: So we're saying you know what's right and wrong.
6: Okay.
0: Yeah, exact exam- example I gave you. You know exercising is fit for your body and it works, and you need to do it. Everyone needs to do it. But what stops you from doing it?
6: In, the, in those instances it's a strong mind
0: weak intellect okay yeah very good uh, d raised her hand d what would you like to say uh
2: maybe it's the person's situation that they're in that they know it's wrong but that's the only thing they can do in the situation
0: why what makes them do that you say the situation be more specific Shilabim.
7: Uh, you just try and keep them happy.
0: Okay. So, fair enough. An alcoholic knows that it's wrong to excessively drink. Yeah. alcoholic knows that it's wrong to excessively drink. It's destroying his liver. It's destroying his relationship with his family. It's destroying his career. Why does he still do it? Bonita.
2: It's his nature. That is what his what vatsanas are. He's a. That's how he is. He he only can change himself. His Vasnazar are to drink. Okay. He can't do anything. That's what he'll do, isn't it? Because that's how he's programmed, I suppose.
0: Fair enough. So he's he knows it's wrong to drink. He can't stop himself. What stop? What is the
4: reason? I think it's also to do with a weak mind. And I I find, like what you said about exercising, yes, you've got to do it, but the more I read up and I relate to it, it allows me to change certain habits. So it goes back to what Gebel said. I think to a certain degree, it's having the knowledge or having the willingness to gain that knowledge.
2: Okay. Yeah, Venita. Because they have so much dumbness in them, isn't it? Because they... Can know nothing well, obviously they don't have the intellect to then change themselves so if they're tamasic that's how they will behave okay. so they don't have the knowledge and the intellect to understand to change it
0: i mean, i'm very impressed by everyone's answer by the way
4: <laughs> yeah i'm very impressed seriously shamila said attachment so you're quite attached yeah okay
0: remember last week i gave the example of harvey weinstein Yeah, He knew what he was doing was wrong. He even later regretted it. Because when he was confronted, he said, I'm married, I have children, please don't tell anyone. I'm really sorry, I did this. I'll give you this much money to keep quiet. He even started crying. So he knew it was wrong. So then what compelled him to continue to behave in a way which he knew was wrong? That completely destroyed him desires desires well we're going to wait till lord krishna answers that question in the next verse arjuna is asking this question i'm just expanding on arjuna's question this is what he's asking arjuna asks krishna what is this force that makes you take the wrong path This force that makes you do things, that is against our conscience. Something we regret later.
1: What is this force? Arjuna is asking.
0: What makes you commit this sin? We'll have to wait till the next verse. We'll see what Lord Krishna says. But I'm just expanding on Arjuna's question to make it relevant for us so we understand it what makes you commit this sin first of all we have to understand what it what this word sin means yeah we have all heard this word but what does it mean what does sin, sin mean yeah nilam
5: is it the mental agitation that's created as a result of going against your conscience
0: absolutely correct sin refers to the agitation you feel when you have done a wrong action when you act against your conscience everyone believes sin is in the action it is not it's in the reaction what does that mean sin is in the reaction nilam just said it's what you
2: feel afterwards when it so it'd be different for each individual isn't it so what you think is a agitation a mental agitation once you've done something i may not feel like that because it's based on your personality or how absolutely. you feel about it
0: absolutely absolutely you break into someone's house you kill a person you steal their money you get caught you get sent to prison there in prison you then realize why did i do that I killed a human being. That agitation means you have committed a sin. Yeah, killed a man, agitated now in prison. I have to spend 20 years in prison. Why did I do this? You're walking and you see a terrorist with a knife who's about to kill people. Yeah, you happen to have a gun, you shoot him dead. They give you a medal, you're a hero. You feel good about it. No agitations. You do not commit sin. Action is the same. You've murdered someone. You've killed someone. So sin is in the reaction, not in the action. Darmish.
3: So, if Hitler had vastness by the world in his eyes and all his actions were good and Anything wrong in his eyes, is not it? Absolutely. Exactly.
0: Hitler didn't feel any agitation killing six million Jewish people. He does not commit sin. Okay. Sin is in the action. Not in the action. It's in the reaction. Yeah. Is that clear to everyone? Yeah, what is right for you, will be wrong for somebody else. Let's finish the... Then you can. Yeah, go but,
7: but that, so I might think it's a sin that Hitler did that. That's it. That's that, up to Yeah, so I'm agitated by that. And, and I'm more agitated to learn that he, he didn't sin, because to me, that is a sin. So, you know, why am I agitated by something he did that I didn't even do that he's not getting away with? But because karma, right, karma is different to sin, right? He still had to pay the price for what he did. Absolutely. Right,
0: that's the right. So karma is different. So let's just clarifying here. Karma is different. Hitler did not feel any agitations. He doesn't commit sin. But does it mean it doesn't affect his karma in the future? Thank you. Yeah, but we're going off point there. Thank you. <laughs> Keval. Okay, well.
6: I think uh, in the case that Sito uh, Mami was saying, it's also the fact that we're trying to treat each human being with the same set of rules. Mm. right? And that's why so, so we have that expectation that, okay, Hitler committed sin, but in his eyes, maybe he didn't, but then we, we shouldn't be treating him in that same manner because we're generalizing as humans, right? We,
0: all of us have different values.: We all live by our own values. Yeah. Certain values are set by the government, by the country you live in, which you have to adhere by, by law, otherwise we all have our own values we live by. And that is based on our karma, that is based on our personality. So, sin is in the reaction, not in the action. A lion kills animals, tears them to pieces, they don't have any regrets. They don't say to, to themselves, "Why did I kill that poor little lamb? It was so helpless, so beautiful. Why are we behaving in this way? Doesn't have a meeting with all the other lions. They have no agitations after killing. Therefore, they do not commit sin. If you eat Carol, let's say I know you don't. If you eat lamb, baby." Is it baby sheep, yeah, you eat a little baby sheep, how cuddly they are. And you think, oh, what a lovely piece of meat, so tender, so juicy. You feel nothing, you do not commit sin. But if you eat and feel, why did I eat that poor lamb? It was just a baby. How can I do that? Then you commit sin.
1: You should not do it. So it's in the reaction. So in that instance, I wouldn't commit
6: sin, but I would still build up karma, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. Absolutely. You killed an animal based on your values that will add to your karma. So this is the law that decides what a sin is and what is not. Sin is in the reaction, not in the action. Is that clear to Any Any questions, any clarifications? Yeah, Carol?
6: I was gonna say, I think it's, it's just, it's such a complex topic, right? Because as, as humans, we try to collectively kind of say, okay, we are humankind, and this is what we wanna define for sin or not, but it's for every single person, it would be completely different. So it's, it's like such a difficult and complex topic to deal with and understand, right?
0: You see, the situation is that we have certain laws Governed by the land we live in, and that's why there's a conflict. If you're in the Stone Age, there's no laws, it's just a matter of survival, then there's no issues, there's no conflict. But because we live in a particular society, society dictates what is right, what is wrong. That's why there's a conflict in us. You see. But if there was no laws, no rules, then it would be down to purely. Mental agitations and your values. Is that right, Kevin? That's why there's a conflict because of the law of the law of the land.
6: So so for because of the time this, that we're living in, yeah, it would mean that the laws of the particular place you're living in, plus your mental agitations, yeah. would determine whether something is a sin or not. Absolutely.
0: Based on your values. Yeah.
6: Yeah. So so some of, so essentially what's happening is some values are being forced upon us. Yes,
0: Yeah. absolutely. Everyone knows what is right or wrong. Even a murderer knows it is wrong to kill. So what is this force that makes me do things which is wrong, which I later regret? We all go through this. Why did I say that? Why did I do that? You regret
1: it later. That's Arjuna's question to Lord Krishna.
2: The topic covering the technique of action concludes with the previous verse. The next topic, contained in verse 36 to 39, deals with the problems in implementing the technique of action. At the very beginning of this chapter, Arjuna requests Krishna to give him a clear path by which he could reach perfection. Krishna complies with his brilliant exposition on the path of of ideal action. After listening to it in in the last 33 verses, Arjuna now asks Krishna, why is a person forced to act against his own wishes? What compels him to do something which he himself considers wrong? This problem confronts everyone. In many aspects of life, you know without a doubt what course of action you should adopt. You believe you know what is right. You try to keep to the path which you believe in, yet something pulls you away from, away by force. As it, as it were, from the path you have chosen to follow, you detest this force and, you, and your mind suffers from agitations. What is that which compels you to take to the wrong path, even though you do not want to. When you act in the world against your own conscience, you your mind becomes disturbed. The action rebounds and hurts you. You feel sorry for having acted thus. In reaction, your own action, your own action you suffer regret and remorse. An action creating such a response is termed a sin. Sin, therefore, is not in the action, but in the reaction. Arjuna wants to know the cause of such sinful action.
0: Thank you. So, verse 37, the Lord answers Arjuna's question. Shri Bhagavanu Kama Esa Esa Mahasano Mahapapma videna Vairinam Shri Bhagavanu Vacha Kama Esa Kroda Esa Rajo Kunasa Mutpavaha Mahasano Mahapapma Vidyenamiha Vairinam The blessed Lord said, it is desire, it is anger, born of the quality of rajas, all devouring, all sinful, know this to be
1: the foe here, meaning the reason.
0: The blessed Lord said, it is desire, it is anger, born of the quality of rajas, all devouring, all sinful know this to be the foe here.
1: Ravi, can you read paragraph one, please?
4: People act against their conscience and suffer in this world. A person takes a course of action which he knows to be wrong and later regrets. Even while knowing and wishing to take the right right path Some compelling force draws him towards the wrong path. Arjuna finds the internal compulsion baffling and asks Krishna the reason for it in the preceding verse. The Lord answers him here. The cause for such sinful action is desire, is anger. Thank you.
0: Lord Krishna replies to Arjuna, the force that takes one away from the right action is karma, desire, krodha. Anger. So the answer is desires and anger. That's what takes you away from the path. It is desires that are a barrier that takes us away from our original state of Godhood, from God realization. Remember that uh, formula,
1: God plus desires equals human. Simple. God plus desires equals human.
0: So it's desires that's taking you away. That is why in all the religions, desire is referred to as the devil. Christianity is called Satan. The devil taking you away from God. In Islam, it is called Satan. In Buddhism, as Mara. Hindus call it Asura. So in every case, it's desires. Desires is regarded as the greatest foe in our life. See, from from the grand perspective, you would not be born unless it was your your desires, you had desires. You take yourself away from Godhood because of your desires. It is desires that takes us away from our true personality of the self. We are Brahman, Atman.
1: But nobody remembers that anymore. Why? Desires. It is desires that stops us getting back to our true personality. Our goal in life. So what stops us from performing the right action in life is our desires. One word, desires. After these classes,
0: you understand what you need to do. Lord Krishna is telling us what we need to do. Correct? This is what we're learning. Some of of you come to every class, some of you take notes, you study afterwards, you're uplifted by the knowledge, still not able to perform what the Lord is saying. Why? What stops
1: us from doing this? Other desires? Any questions? Where do desires come from? Where do desires come from? Or I'm going to say, where do desires and vastness come from? Dharmesh.
3: Past life and from God.
0: Okay. God doesn't give you desires.
3: But God, God made everything, so he made the first desires as well.
0: True, true. God told Adam not to eat the apple. You're saying that, he, that God gave him the desire to eat the apple as well. Why is God going against himself?
3: Yes, he did, because desires are made by God. God made everything. God yeah. controlled everything. He gave us free will, but he made the desire for it as well. See? so free will,
0: Dharmesh, is the is the key here. Free will, we have free will. We can follow, or we don't, Dharmishta.
7: Your desires are from your vasanas.
0: Yeah. So, where does vasanas come from? I know it comes from God, in the sense that everything is God. Yeah. But where does vastness come from? Why are vastness created? Okay, they come from God. Why are they created, though? Why have you decided to separate yourself from God? Nilam,
5: It's to help us remember that we are God, because if we didn't have them, we wouldn't know any different.
0: But why would you want them in the first place? Why not just be God? Why do you want to be this limited personality? trying to get back to who you really were
1: already. Why do desires arise? Where does vastness arise from? Ignorance of the self.
0: Ignorance that you are God. You don't know that you're God. You think you're Nilam, yoga teacher.
1: You don't think yourself as God.
0: Yes, I keep hearing that I might be God, but you're not convinced, 100%. <laughs> because the ignorance of God, ignorance of the self. Now, you may say, well, yeah, I'm Vigil, sorry, go ahead.
2: Um, so I would, like, so we're saying like, if a desire is like unfulfilled, we're like mentally agitated, right? So let's like, say if it's my desire to like really eat a cake, and so
0: your desire was to what sorry
2: Really eat a cake right yeah and if i don't eat the cake then i'm mentally to agitated but if i do eat the cake then is it a sin because then i'm gonna feel guilty so like either way i'm um,
0: for you well no actually because if you eat the cake why would you feel guilty
2: because i know like i know i shouldn't have <laughs> why not maybe i'm trying to be healthy
0: <laughs> that's it you you got it in one Your goal is to be healthy. Then anything that stops you from getting to that goal will agitate you. Mm. But if your desire to eat cake is greater than your goal to get healthy, then it won't agitate you. You with me? Yeah. What is your bigger goal? To get healthy? If If that desire is so strong, then anything you do that goes against that will agitate you. My path, my goal, I have set, is to get healthy. Why am I, this is, Arjuna's asking, why am I made to eat cake and then regret it
1: afterwards?
0: (laughs) That is exactly what Arjuna's asking. What makes me do that, uh, Krishna? You with me? So this is a problem for all of us. Yeah, Dharamesh. This is like
3: the chicken and egg thing, which came first, desire. Because without desire, we're not here. Mm-hmm. Or oh, vastness, sorry. So the vastness must have come first. But then who created that vastness?
0: You're well, here now. No? So let's deal with the fact that we're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Regardless how we got here, the fact is we're here. <laughs> so you have to deal with this now. I can see you. You're here. So desires.
3: I'm an illusion in this world. Uh-huh. I'm illusion in this world. Well.
0: <laughs> so desires arise due to ignorance of the self. Because of this ignorance, we feel an incompleteness inside, an emptiness, a void within. Everyone is feeling that. They may not know it, but all of you are feeling an emptiness inside.
1: You feel incomplete in some way.
0: So what happens is that thoughts flow towards objects, material, worldview objects, thoughts flow towards beings in the world to fill this emptiness.
1: Yeah, you all
0: have a void inside you, all of us, and our thoughts go to the world, to beings, to objects, thinking which will fulfill that emptiness in us. If this desire is interrupted by another object or being, it is deflected. This deflected current is anger. Remember, Lord Krishna said, it's desires and anger. Yeah, desires, we said, is our vasanas, which brings us into this world. What is anger? When your thoughts go towards any being or any object, if it gets deflected, it becomes anger. I'll explain.
1: Anger is a modification of desire. There'd be no anger without a desire. Remember that, if you get angry, it's because of a desire
0: not fulfilled. I'll give you an example. You want the house to be clean. Someone comes in with dirty feet, you get angry. I just mopped the floor. Why can't you take your shoes off before you come in? Desire is for a clean house. The desire is interrupted by someone walking with dirty feet. The desire turns into anger.
1: Nilam? Remember the other example we give. John loves Jill. His
0: thoughts go towards Jill. Initially, nothing happens. Just a thought, she looks nice. I like her hair. When the thoughts increase and constantly go towards Jill, this now turns into a desire. Now John loves Jill.
1: But then, I don't know
0: why I can come up with this name, Rahul comes along, yeah. Then I saw what I was thinking. Rahul comes along and he starts having thoughts towards Jill. What happens? What happens to John?
1: Okay. He gets angry, agitated. Agitated? More than that. What else? What happens to John?
0: Pramesh?
3: My daughter says jealousy.
0: Jealousy. The thought flow from John turns into anger towards Rahul. How dare you? Does that make sense? Does everyone understand that? John loves Jill. He has feelings for Jill. This rascal Rahul comes along. He starts having feelings for Jill. John becomes angry. I was here first. How dare you? It could be anything, object or being. You have a desire to get that object. A car, a new laptop, TV, holiday. You say, I would love to have that. Someone says no, you become angry. The wife desires a new kitchen. The husband says, no, not now. We don't have enough money. Good builders are hard to get hold of. Desire turns to anger towards the husband.
1: So therefore anger can only arise if there is an underlining desire. No desire, no anger. Next time you're angry, just analyze, why am I angry? You realize it's because of a desire that is interrupted. Ravi, can you
0: read paragraph two, please?
4: Desire, kama, arises out of ignorance of self. The self within is whole, supreme, all blissful. When you do not realize the self, you feel a sense of imperfection, incompleteness, unfulfillment. Until you reach that state of absolute fulfillment, you will always feel a void within. Consequently, your, for- your thoughts run towards the world of objects and beings in an attempt to fill this void. The streams of thoughts flowing from you towards the world are called desires. Another object or being interrupting this thought flow deflects it. This deflected thought current is called anger krodha. Anger, therefore, is a modification of desire. Anger can never arise without a desire supporting it. To eliminate anger, you must eliminate the desire behind it. Desire or anger is that which prevents you from executing your plan of action. Thank you.
0: Any questions on anger?
1: So if you're angry, evaluate, why am I angry? You'll discover desire is interrupted. So, where do desire come from? Where do desire come from?
0: Remember we covered previously the three different qualities. In fact, here Lord Krishna says, desire and anger are born of the quality of rajas, all devouring. Remember the three human qualities we said, three human temperaments. Sattvic is the highest, the highest quality. The mind is serene, calm, spiritual. Rajasic, frenzied activity. The mind is agitated, passionate. And tamas, the lowest quality. Inactivity, the mind makes you lazy, sloth. So Lord Krishna is saying, <coughs> desires come from the rajasic mind. We are all made up of all three temperaments in different proportions. Yeah. So Lord Krishna says desires come from the Rajasic mind. They emanate from a Rajasic passionate mind. Does everyone understand that? Three temperaments sattvic, Rajas, Tamas. We are all made up of those three in different proportions. Desires come from the Rajas. Rajas state of our mind. See, I'll give you an example. If the person is so sattvic, spiritual, does he have many desires? He doesn't. His mind is sattvic. But the rajasic person is running around doing this, doing that, more and more desires increasing. The rajasic mind entertains endless desires without any restraint. And the desires are insatiable, meaning they will keep
1: increasing. They'll never stop. No man says, I have enough money. I have enough power. No woman says, I have enough beauty. It's insatiable. Greater the number of desires, the more we suffer from mental agitations. Why is it that the greater the desires, the more mental agitations? Any idea?
0: Simple maths this is. Darmesh?
3: The more we can't fulfill the desires, the more anger we have.
0: More agitation because we have so many desires and they're always increasing. Even if we fulfill 10% of them, another 20% is increased. So. We suffer from mental agitations because of the great number of desires. Remember, the mind can want anything, it never ends.
1: It can ask for anything. All our life, we are creating more desires. So, this word here,
0: Mahasano, Kama Esa, Kroda Esa. And he says, Mahasano Mahapapma. Mahasano, and this is Swamiji who told us this. Mahasano means terminator. <laughs> Sanskrit word for terminator. Mahasano means, you know the movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger. is the terminator. Yeah, what does he do?
1: What's his job in the, in the movie? Yeah, Damesh? <laughs> Uh,
3: to kill a character.
0: Job. His job is to kill XYZ. And he's so persistent. Does he stop? He does not stop. Until he's done that, until he's filled that job, fulfilled that job. Until he's killed a person. So here, Mahasana, similarly, Mahasana desires is the terminator does not stop until it destroys you. That's the power of desires. That's why he's given that word. That's how powerful these, t- so you got to Arnold Schwarzenegger terminating you desires. So we're given the free yogas to reduce our desires. As you reduce your desires, less agitations. This results in more peace and happiness. Lord Krishna says, Arjuna, it is desires and anger that stops you from pursuing your chosen path of action. Lovely. last two paragraphs, please.
4: Desire is born of Rajistic, passion mind. It is described as a great consumer, Mahasana, and very sinful Mahapatma. The rajasic mind entertains endless desires without restraint. However, indulgence can never appease any desire. The more you feed the desire, the stronger it grows. Indulgence only strengthens desire. The richest person in the world desires more riches. The most powerful person in the world desires more power. Desire is also said to be all sinful. As long as a desire remains unfulfilled, it produces mental agitations. The more powerful the desire, the greater the agitations and the greater the number of desires, the more the agitations. As desires multiply and infest your personality, you suffer from greater and greater mental agony. Desire is considered a barrier between man and God. When you eradicate all your desires, you reach the state of God-realization. Hence, the scriptures have personified desire as as the devil obstructing the passage to godhood. Christians call it Satan. Muslims refer to it as Satan. Buddhists as Mara. Hindus as Asara. Desire, therefore, is your greatest foe in life.
0: Any questions? There's one desire that isn't. Anybody know what desire that is? One desire, I can't, your mic's uh, switched off. Your mic is switched off. Uh.
3: To, to to connect to the self
0: desire to reach back to the self that's the only desire
1: that isn't sinful so just change the mind any questions yeah so so if there is a desire to develop spiritually, mm-hmm. then does that mean that it will never, I'll never be angry
7: with it? If, if, so if I've got a desire to develop spiritually and I act not so spiritually, for example, there's times when I might be selfish, or times when I do get angry, or times when I'm, yeah, not acting spiritually, and the mind is agitated, it's still a desire to be spiritual, but I'm agitated because I know that I've been egoistic or whatever, and I'm not being spiritual. Mm -hmm. Then I'm constantly being agitated because my conscious is saying, hang on, your desire to want to be spiritual, whatever I'm acting in this way, is, is not... that path, am I still sinning all the time then that means?
0: Anybody wants to answer that? Because I'm still
1: being agitated. Hmm.
0: So desires for being spiritual and reducing uh, and reaching the goal of self, self self-realization, yeah, is not as powerful as
1: all your other desires. That's the reason.
0: And even if your goal is to reach self-realization, okay, something comes in between that, you become angry. Anger, when you're angry, you cannot be spiritual. You cannot develop spiritual because when you're angry, you can't think straight.
1: So as you develop spiritually more, you'll
0: become less angry. You'll you'll have less material, worldly desires. But at the moment, the balance is
1: the world affects you more
0: because you don't have enough knowledge. As you gain more knowledge, more wisdom, you develop yourself. The world won't bother you. So if you're angry at the moment, that means you still have a long way to go
1: yeah, on the
0: spiritual path. But if I get
7: angry I'm agitated, yeah. what I'm asking you is, is that I'm constantly sinning then, aren't I? If, for example, my goal is to develop spiritually, anything that I do that agitates me and pricks me, yeah. uh, I'm constantly sinning then. Yep,
0: yeah. and you need to work on it. <laughs> You've answered your own question. You're agitated, you're angry, you have to put more effort in than I'm that just field.
5: About
0: I'm just about
5: <laughs> so, an I was gonna say I think I think if we get too caught up in the word sin, there's so many yeah. connotations around sin in our society. So is it better just to like you said, almost keep thinking, those agitations are just redirecting us and reminding us that we're off course and an opportunity yeah. to course correct.
0: She's nodding with saying yes. Thank you, Neelam. <laughs> exactly. See, if you're agitated, don't feel upset about it. Just understand, I need to work on it. The in- telling you where you need to put more effort in rather than getting angry and agitated. Think, you know what? This has agitated me. Why is it? I need to work on this a bit more. Think of it as a positive rather than a negative.
7: I think there's so being on the spiritual path right it says it is uh, you are happier you're more all blissful you you are more content so really there's a craving within you then to always want that in a sense so then when you're not there's that that you know you're you're almost creating a craving For wanting that tranquility, peace of mind, Mm. um, blissfulness, right? When you experience small snippets of it, you realize how wonderful it is, okay? And then the mind starts to crave that, and and then you get agitated when actually you don't get opportunities for that. Mm. So again, it can be really detrimental.
0: Yeah, but so... There are times when you go on the spiritual path. yeah. As you develop, you get this bounce of peace and happiness, which you cannot get anywhere in the world, by the way. Not through any objects or beings. You feel this sense of enlightenment. Um, and, that's what she, and, and that's what she's talking about. And being in the ashram it elevates your mind to subtleties where you can experience that. But you have to understand that, It's all the effort you've put in to experience that, that spiritual path that you've treaded on, all the effort you've put in. Now, you cannot crave for it. It's a result. Yeah, You can't crave for that. All you can do is put the right action in so that you can get more of that. If your mind is craving for it, then it doesn't help you. You're results-orientated. Don't be results-orientated. Just do the right action. Lord Krishna is explaining it to us is spoon feeding it to us. All we have to do is take the knowledge, digest it, apply it and it'll be different for everyone because it'll be based on the amount of vasanas you have. It'll be based on how much effort you put in. So it's different for different people. That's why it's a single path, this. Everyone has to put their own effort in everyone will develop differently. Don't be result
1: oriented. Everyone's starting point is different. See, there's this story, I'll tell it quickly. Yeah. There's this uh, Mahatma, he's living in a
0: cave, meditating every day. He wants to reach self realization. Three, four years, has been meditating in this cave. And there's this uh, buffalo herder. So he likes buffaloes. There's this buffalo herder. And he comes around every now and again. This time, the Mahatma was outside the cave. So this buffalo herder says, hey, Swami, have you seen God? This Mahatma says, hey, go away. Stop asking me silly questions.
1: Please tell me, have you seen God? And Swami got agitated saying,
0: leave me alone. Because please just tell me, have you seen God? Yeah, I've seen God, he's in the buffalo. Now go. Thank you, Swami, he said, the buffalo herder. Every day he just sits in front of the buffalo and just said, buffalo, 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 buffalo. Every day that's all he was doing. Yeah. One year later, he became self-realized. Single-pointed concentration on the buffalo. He came back to the Swami and said, Swamiji, thank you very much. You have shown me the light. I'm now self-realized. This guy, four years, has been in a cave. Single, is meditating. This person just meditated for one year on the buffalo and he became self-realized. So where do we start from? What's our personality? How much effort we put in? Anyone can do it based on their personality. You don't have to
1: sit in a cave. Depends on where you are, who you are. You see? So it's up to individual. Right, any questions before we finish? Okay. Have a lovely day and we'll catch up next week.